Good morning, Nashville. Hour number two is on the way. Braden and Nick are out. They've been put in the penalty box for 24 hours, and then we're going to let them back in the building. Corey Curtis sitting in for those two guys. <laughs> Derek Mason, still nice enough to tolerate my existence this morning. Mace, we're on to hour number two. Yes, the big hour. Well, every hour is the big hour. So if you're driving to work and you're saying, who the heck is that guy and why is he filling my uh, car with this noise, the this, they, this they is recognize me. your voice, Corey. Do they? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they recognize. Oh, that's Corey. I mean, Corey, we have you on every Monday, man. It's not like uh, that's true. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's Corey. That's true. I yeah. thought he was on television right now. And I, I've been here for 16 years now. <sighs> man, not as long as fast. you. I've been here off and on for 20 some years, half of my life. I've Can I just here. say, watching you play in a Ravens uniform, one of the more difficult things that I've had to do. Yeah, it was one of the more difficult things I had to do in <laughs> leaving here and going there. But, you know, Jackie Robinson, this is a great part. You, you know the whole Jackie Robinson, how his career ended? Um, no, I didn't. Okay, I don't. okay so he's a Dodger uh-huh. for life. Yeah. He was traded to the Giants. Oh, wow. That's No, you don't do that. And you know what he did? Retired. He retired. Yeah. He said, I'm not doing it. And he retired. Yeah. He refused to play for the Giants, and so he retired. Well, I couldn't retire. It was only after year eight. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of game left. I love Floyd, but you were – you were. do you give him a hard time about that, that he I thought you were to, done? I, I used to. I mean, look, you got to make those calls as a GM, and you're going to get some of them right and some yeah. of them wrong. Well, he got that one wrong. He did get that one every wrong. Way. I wonder if you give him that at the station. He's like, hey, would you going to trade me away from the station, too? What you going to do, Floyd? <laughs> no, I mess with Floyd. <laughs> the, by the way, for the first year or two, I messed with Floyd. And then after that, I forgave him. And, and forgive me if I'm wrong. You're you're among the Hall of Fame nominees again this year, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Hopefully it's, one day I get in, man. You know, I always say, you know, we talked about it before. You know, being in Nashville, you're uh-huh. not one of 32. You're you're kind of in the back five. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's the same for guys like you, Steve, and Eddie. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it may come down to that that. Veterans Committee, yeah, because you're you're not the sexy picks exactly. right up had at the I played, front. Had I spent my had I spent my my fifteen years in Baltimore, or had I spent my you know half of my years in New England? Derek, if you're a Dallas Cowboy, you're in right. Oh now. yeah, with those numbers, I'm in. If somebody would have handed you some New popcorn Patriots, and yeah. you ate it during yeah. a game, yeah. you you would have been clutch. You if I'm in New that. England, I made it. Yeah. If I'm in New York with those numbers, I'm in. Yeah, but 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 you're not, and so it's it's going to come down to to something like that. And I think you know the same way with Eddie, and the same yeah, exactly. way with, with Steve. And I always say, you know, with with Steve and Eddie especially, you know, people always say, "Can you tell the narrative of the NFL without this person in it?" Well. Look, when you say Nashville and, and Tennessee Titans, those are still the first two names you say. So, so you can't tell the story of this franchise without those two guys, and, and this franchise is part of the league. But, but regardless, this, so the quick. fact that you're still being nominated mm-hmm. and you're oh, part of the conversation yes. is, is very, very flattering, and I, think, but I will, and I think you should be. But I will say this. If you do go to Canton, you got to walk down to Whitney, though. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Got to play it in the background. Uh, I got you. I'm going to follow you with a boombox playing Whitney <laughs> as you go across the stage. People love our Whitney renditions. Well, I, I am still rooting for you each step of the way. Now, Thank you. In, in California, mm-hmm. they have recently passed the uh, Fair Pay to Play Act, and there are other states talking about it. I know uh, the, one of the legislators here in Tennessee brought it up as mm-hmm. well. Um, I think whether or not they pass it, I still don't know if the NCAA is going to kind of go for it because – it's the NCAA. Uh, the question on my phone here says, how could this hurt college football? I, I look at it completely different. How could it enhance college football? Mm-hmm. Um, 
everyone in college athletics is allowed to make money and an unlimited amount of money, mm-hmm. except for the players. Yeah. Um, college football is not amateur sports anymore. No. I'm not going to act like it's amateur. Like, if you want to say Division two or Division three is amateur yeah, sports. Yeah, I get The, I can, the I can spirit of the game. Yeah. Every one of these kids in Division one football is there to become a player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Every one of those teams is there to make money. For their, for their institution. You've got coaches making five, six, seven, eight million dollars. It's ridiculous. And we want to, and look, they get a scholarship. I understand that. And, and here's the other aspect of this we call it the Fair Pay to Play Act. This isn't about paying players to play, mm-hmm. it's giving them the opportunity to make money on their likeness, which is basically to say, I can sign an autograph and get paid, what? I can sell a jersey and get paid. It, it's not saying the school has to write them a check mm-hmm. for this. I mean, look, you know you played. Mm-hmm. When you're in season, you can't do anything yeah, can't to earn a dime. No, you can't do anything. And Michigan State is selling out a Derek Mason jerseys mm-hmm. in the bookstore, and you're not getting a dime. Julio Jones, or not Julio Jones, it was uh, A.J. Green, uh-huh. got suspended four games because he sold his jersey, the jersey he physically owned. Mm-hmm. He sold it for 1000 bucks. And got a four-game suspension. It was his jersey, and he was not allowed to sell it. That's ridiculous. And I know everybody's going to get into all the semantics of, well, this booster could do this, and this booster could do that. Guess what? They're doing it anyway. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. People should be allowed to be people. Players should be allowed to be players. College athletics is not amateur athletics anymore. It's just not. Get it out of your head. And the equitable trade of scholarship mm-hmm. for play, for playing isn't what it used to be. No. You didn't have the Big Ten Network. You didn't have the SEC Network. The finances are so much more. You see that in the coaches' contracts, that the trade is no longer equitable. And I'm saying on a football scale, I'm mm-hmm. not saying on a softball scale or on an ice hockey scale, on a football scale, the trade is no longer as equitable as it used to be. It's totally tilted in the university and the NCAA's favor. So I am all for players mm-hmm. having some opportunity to make money. Well, I look at it from this standpoint. These are archaic rules rules that are put in place. And no one wants, or up until this point, no one wanted to change them. Because why? Because so many people were making money. Free labor. Exactly. It's, you know, we'll give you a little bit. We'll give you, a, a, which is great. I mean, an education is great. I've always said the one thing I can give my son and daughter that no one else can take away is a great education. Yeah. That's one thing I can give them that no matter what you do, that's yours. No one can take it away from you. But in this day and age, it's 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 more than just an education. You know, it's, it's things that, that come from. You can't just give a kid. You can't just say, well, I'm going to give you educa- an education and that's it. No, because you're not just getting you're not just paying for an education. You're you're paying for an education, but then also what you're getting back is a bunch of money. These networks didn't give you television money because you were, you know, got it. You have a good softball team or because you got a good swim team or because, you know, you got a bunch of all Amer- academic all Americans on your team. They didn't give you that 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 television contract because of that. They gave you that television contract because you're bringing in five-star athletes, whether yeah. it be in basketball or base or football, or you have a great baseball player. They're giving you these these outrageous contracts because of the commodity you put out on the field. People are tuning in to exactly. see Tua 
Trevor, Absolutely. Jerry, Judy. They're not tuning. I mean, as good of coaches as, as, as Dabo and Nick mm-hmm. are, people aren't tuning in to watch them. No, you're tuning right. in to watch the players. If you don't have good players and you're not winning, team, people are not watching you. Yeah, that's just the base, basically the way it is. And 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 for me, again, it goes back to, okay, what else? How fair can we make this? Because we are in a capitalistic society where we should be able to generate income off of our whatever. If we have something to sell. Legally, then we should be able to get money for it, whether I'm a college student or not. I'm all for universities paying players, yeah. but I understand that there are a lot of Title IX issues. Mm-hmm. I always say there are smarter people than I who should be able to figure that out. They can but, figure it out, but they don't want to. But, but he, this act yeah. doesn't have anything to do with that. This takes it to an individual basis mm-hmm. and says, if somebody wants to pay you for your autograph, they can pay you for their autograph, and you can take that money. So it's not saying someone on the men's mm-hmm. basketball team or baseball team or women's softball team or lacrosse team, they have the same opportunity to make money. It's just on them to see what their worth is. Individual, And so like, not every player is going to get paid in this scenario. And that's scenario. what I was going to say. But not every pay- player should be paid yeah, under this scenario. Right. Because it, it should be rewarding the one – like I say – how many Georgia jerseys with number one on them did A.J. Green sell? Probably a bunch of them. A bunch of them. Yeah. He sold one and got suspended for four games. So Georgia made millions on number one jerseys. Mm-hmm. A.J. Green made 1000 bucks and got suspended four games. There should be, there should be a, a way that these athletes, and you know, you don't want, it, you know, you don't want this to end up being a wild, wild west. I get it. But if there's... And what you got to realize, too, is that from a national standpoint, there are maybe four guys that can get a four or five guys that can get a national sponsorship. We're talking Tua, Trevor Lawrence. Um, who else would you? Who else? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Um, and they basically are all quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, you're talking a lot of these guys can get. Regional, and that's what I'm saying. Not national, but regional. Like, like in a college town, uh-huh. you know, like say Baton Rouge. Like right now, Burrow. Uh-huh. He, oh, he's, he's, he's getting it. Well, he, yeah, he could make some money. Exactly. And you know what? Good for him. He should be able to capitalize on his ability to to play the game of football. And people people believe. I think people, what people think is, oh, is this is going to get out of hand? You know, they're going to be under under well, that, I mean, that's just deals. like that's just like the whole it reefer happened. madness exactly. thing. It's like the gateway drug. You give a little bit of money, it's going to go out of control. No, and, no, no. What it? I mean, look, if these guys want money, all mm-hmm. right. I mean, or if people want to give these guys, they're going to find a way to th- give. They're going to find a way to give it to them. But this is a legal. This would be a legal way for these guys to be able to actually make some money when everybody else is making money. Look, Joe Burrow going to have an awesome year at LSU. He's mm-hmm. thrust himself into the Heisman conversation. They're now a national championship contender because of him. Yeah, guess, it has nothing to do with Ed Orgeron. Guess who's going to make more money? The university. And Ed Orgeron yeah. and all those coaches. They will be rewarded handsomely because this kid helped transform their program. And when the season's over... He gets nothing. Yeah, you can say, well, he gets to go to the NFL. Well, blah, blah, that's blah, blah. not a lock, but but it isn't a lock. Yeah. It also why we limit, why we feel we have to limit what these kids can make because it is not amateur athletics. Here's the thing, and this is what I always kind of equate it to: is you know everybody on campus can work, even 
the kid that has a academic scholarship. He can work. He or she can work. Absolutely. Anybody else on scholarship exactly. can work. The only ones why who can't, can't work are athletes. Why can't an athlete work? Well, they're getting their education paid for. The kid that has a scholarship is exactly. getting his education paid for. He's getting his room and board. Paid. He has to keep up a, a grade point average, just like the college athlete does as well. It's, he or she has to keep a grade point hypocritical average. It's critical exactly. belief. So anybody that says, you know, they are getting their scholarship for free, they're getting room and board, they're getting fed. Well, the kid that's in the math class, if he's a brilliant mathematician, He's on scholarship. He or she is on scholarship too, right? Yeah. They're getting all that paid for. But then after doing their homework, they can go and work. They yeah. can go do whatever they want to. Yeah. There's there's other ways to solve this issue. All right. This weekend, Vols taking on Georgia. Vandy taking on Ole Miss. We saw what happened when Georgia played Vanderbilt. It didn't go real well. Yeah, it didn't. Can Tennessee put up any more of a fight than the Commodores <laughs> did against Georgia? <laughs> Well, we're going to delve a little bit more into it on the other side. You're listening to uh, the Morning Drive on ESPN's 102.5 The Game, live from the wholesaling studio powered by RumbleOn.com. Corey Curtis sitting in for Nick and Braden this morning on the Morning Drive with Derek Mason. You just heard from Kyle Turris. One of the things I'm looking forward to most uh, to seeing if he can kind of reclimate things and uh, with this season with the president, who does he skate with? Will they put him up there? Yeah. Will he be uh, inserted onto the Jofa line over the – so it would be kind of the Joka line. Yeah, it wouldn't be the Jofa line It'd be anymore. the jo- It would be the Joka line. Yeah. Or the Joda. <laughs> the Joda line. Yoda. <laughs> the Joda line. But so, yeah, I mean, and I don't think I'm the only one. I think, you know, on top of Matt Duchesne and everybody uh-huh. wanting to see that, everybody wants to see – you know, because, look, if he can't get it going, they they got to look to move him. Yeah, but, you know, I think Lobby does a – and we're going to talk more about it um, later on today um, when we have Adam Vingan on today too. Um, but I, I think Lobby does a great job at tinkering with the lineups and trying he, – he's one of those coaches that, you know, one, he has patience with players, I think. But if he has a good player, he tries to find a way to get him going. Yeah. And they're trying to do that with Turris this year. I think also they're trying to de- develop more depth yeah. in their scoring. They need more, it. I mean, because if they can have two lines uh-huh. that are Jofa line level, uh-huh. then you become a very, very dangerous team. Well, and, yeah. And, you know, you're talking about pairing possibly Duchesne Forsberg together, uh-huh. and then you've still got Johansson and Arvidsson together, and depending on who you want to put with them, whether it be Turris or Craig Smith or whoever, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you can roll up both those lines and have them both be equally good. Now, the National Predators would, would certainly be in business. They've got the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night in the season opener, the first of 82. <sighs> 82 games. 82. And that game will be right here. A on war of attrition. 102.5 the game. Pete Weber and uh, Chris Mason back for another year uh, behind the mic. Now, uh, back again uh, to Knoxville this weekend are the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I looked up last night and I was shocked to see mm-hmm. was how balanced this series is. Tennessee's got 23 wins. Mm-hmm. Georgia's got 23 wins. They've split yeah. the last four. Nobody, I, I could not believe I that. I wouldn't have known that. They've I split have, the last four. Considering how bad UT has been, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought it either. Uh, Tennessee is a 25-point underdog at home uh, to mm-hmm. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia's coming off of uh, a very hard-fought victory over Notre Dame mm-hmm. down there between the hedges. That was a good football game. Yeah. Um. So, 
Jeremy Pruitt and company have had mm. two weeks to prepare for this one. If they had three weeks, Corey, they still wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to ask you if they can win because mm-hmm. I think that's a ridiculous question. Can they take it to the fourth quarter and still be within two touchdowns? Uh, the way they've played the last, you know, two games, um, I don't know if they can. Uh, a loss to Florida, where in the first half, I think if they don't, if if Jennings d- doesn't drop the touchdown in the end zone, I think it's a different ball game. I think uh, their their you know their attitudes are different. They believe now they can play with Florida, but he drops the touchdown, then then it just seems like everything just goes left for UT. Um, they beat UTC forty five to nothing, but come on, it's UTC. Um, I don't think this Vol team, um, and and we've seen it the whole season. I don't think this Vol team is equipped enough. I don't think they have the athletes. I don't think they have. Um, well, they haven't developed the athletes. The, yeah, they haven't and, developed. And, them and that was what we were told was going to happen mm-hmm. with this staff. I mean, listen, they 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 are working two quarterbacks in practice now: Brian Moore and, and Jarrett Garantano. And and really, that's Garantano's fault. Yeah, because he hasn't been any good. But. John Madden always said, and I'm a big believer in this, mm-hmm. if you got two, you got none. And if Tennessee is splitting reps at quarterback, mm-hmm. it's because they don't think they have one good option. Yeah, well, like you said, Garantano has put himself in this situation. Now, you can say, well, you know, it, 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 it changed offenses and he's getting used to a new offensive coordinator and a new system, yada, yada, yada. I get it. I understand it. But it doesn't take away the fact how bad he's played at times um during the season um some of the he's just missed people yeah some of the things he's he's decided to do with the football throwing it into double coverage i mean when i look at that byu guys. game when i mean juan jennings just bailing him out yes i mean the terrible throws that should, i mean should be real and i don't like to to rip on college mm-hmm. goods but i mean those are they're not difficult throws no but he's and, making them difficult yeah and UT, I don't. It's going to take a while, and we talked about this um, yesterday. It's going to take a while for this 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 program to even get, you know, to to a level where, you know, they're respectable. You know, I'm not even talking. They're winning. not. Yeah, I'm not even talking about winning the East or winning SEC championships. It's going to take a while for this team to get back. To a level of respectability. Because so, I, I think what you're saying is like right now, yeah. there's no hope for next year. No, not the way, not based upon how they look now. Yeah. Well, so why would they be dramatically better next year? I mean, that, that's what you're saying. There's, yeah. there's no reason, you know, they could bring in an awesome recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Next year, that's not going to be enough to, to push them to be competitive with these teams. You know, I, people ask me what my what my goal was for Tennessee this mm-hmm. year, and it was beat the teams you should beat. Yeah, they're but, not doing uh, that. Okay. They're not doing that. No, you're right. Jack, <laughs> Georgia State, that's the team you should beat. You, BYU you at home. BYU should be BYU at home. If it's not for a miscue, then yeah, you beat them. But you had a miscue. It shouldn't even been that. You close. lost the game. Exactly, you lost. Okay, you beat UTC. The way you played against Florida, I think, was disappointing. Um, you know, which it, there's nothing new. Exactly. Exactly. And I know you were in the swamp, but still, this is a long-standing rivalry between these two teams. You know what you're going to get when you walk into that stadium. You were not up to the task. 
Some guys came in like Jennings and want to play, even though he dropped one touchdown. He still played aggressive. He still was aggressive. The offensive line at times played well in the Florida game, um, but uh, I think eventually, you know, Florida's defensive line warmed down and 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 got to Garantano. But this this program and these players right now, where they sit now, we say, well, they should win the games they're supposed to win. I don't think there's a game on their schedule moving forward they should win. And I know we look at Vandy and we say, well, they snow. Not anymore. Maybe oh, no. five, no, ten years no. ago, yes. Vandy's dominated that exactly. series lately. But not so, anymore. So Vols plus 25. Are you taking the 25 or are you taking Georgia to cover? Uh, I'm taking the 25. I, I'm taking the 25 because I think Georgia takes their foot off the pedal. So you think like 38-14. Yeah, I think Georgia. Because Georgia has been known to have these lapses. Mm-hmm. where for some reason they just don't play as well, and then they have to pick it back up when the team scores a touchdown or two. They pick it back up, and then they become the Georgia team that we know they are. But I don't think they're going to beat UT by 20-some points. I, I just don't think it's going right. to happen. I, I'm taking Georgia, and I'm, I'm laying the points. Ooh. I'm taking Georgia. All right, when Man. we come back, Vanderbilt, Scott Ole Miss. We've got the head coach of the Commodores, uh, Derek Mason, on the way. also want to say Preds, Wild, tomorrow night. I, I, I don't want to disrespect Hal Gill because he is way too large. Uh-huh. He's in the booth with Pete Weber. I said Chris Mason. I'm, I, I was in a time machine back to, <laughs> to Mason's time in the radio. So I apologize to, to Hal Gill, who I really enjoy. Um, he's one of the great personalities uh, that we've had around here. So we've got that game tomorrow night uh, right here on 102.5 The Game. This is Corey Curtis sitting in with Derek Mason on The Morning Drive. It's the morning dance party on the morning drive. Corey Curtis with Derek Mason this morning. Braden and Nick are out. They will be back, I believe, tomorrow. Right, Marquise? Yeah, they'll be back tomorrow. And we will preview Preds and Wild tomorrow live from Pete and Terry's Tavern. So we'll be out there tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll preview that game. And then also some more Titans and Bills as we anticipate that game on Sunday. So the boys will be back in town, as they say, as a good song says. Boys are back in town. You know, Jared and the GM, Mm -hmm. they complain about how cold it is in the studio all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I brought a pullover in here. It's not cold anymore. I'm not wearing the pullover. So uh, something just wrong with Jared. Uh, he's soft. Yeah, he's soft. he's soft. Sof. He wears that pullover <laughs> everywhere though. <Yeah. laughs> like it don't matter the weather. It don't matter <laughs> where he's at. It don't matter the occasion. He just wears it. Well, you know, it's funny because like guys like Derek and Eddie George. I always say if I looked like you guys, I would just wear like a speedo everywhere I go. <laughs> when you look like Jared, you wear a pullover everywhere you go. Okay, you gotta hide it, man. You gotta hide it. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying. He's hey, you trying. You gotta commend him. He's always he's in the gym. always trying. He's always in the Jim, you got to commend him. I like him. All right. So uh, neither of us like Tennessee this weekend. No. Vanderbilt's got Ole Miss. The doors are coming off their first win of the year where they took down Northern Illinois, who's not a bad football team. No, they're not. Uh-uh. Um, so that's. I think that's a better win than people know. But, I mean, if you're Vanderbilt, it's a game um, that you, you should win. Um, we're waiting for Derek Mason to call in here, so we'll talk a little bit to Commodore's football with the head coach, but we'll talk about him as well before he calls in. Uh, it's their first win of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've seen struggles with this team early, but do you feel like this team's getting better? I don't. You know what? And 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 I will mention this to Coach Mason. I'm disappointed in this team um, because now the schedule's been tough. Schedule has. I mean, been you played, tough, Yes. I mean, they play Georgia and LSU. Yes. There's the a lot of people who are going to lose to those two teams. Has been tough. You're absolutely right. But playing Purdue. 
playing Northern Illinois. That was Illinois, disappointing. Them giving up the points that they gave up. That's what I'm disappointed in. Yeah. That this team, at this point in time, playing those two, you know, those two, um, playing Georgia and LSU, um, playing them the way they did, and then coming back and giving up the points that they gave up against two teams that are not on that caliber of a Georgia and LSU. It's just disappointing to me from a defensive standpoint. And I know Coach Mason is equally or maybe even more disappointed. Well, because he's a defensive guy. Exa- yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's the disappointing part about it. Um, I feel they could play a little bit better on offense, but I think it's their defense that has been sort of the Achilles heel this season. Um, and hopefully it gets better as the season continues to uh, move on for the ball. It needs to get better. Me, for Vandy, it needs to get better. All right. Well, the head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores uh, is on the line, so I've got two Derek Masons at the same time. Uh, right. This has honestly never happened before, and it's fantastic. Coach Mason, thanks for being here. Um, look, you've got Ole Miss, and we always say that this is a huge game for Vanderbilt every year. It's your crossover game, and, and it's one of those ones that really turns your season, doesn't it? It does. I, you know, I mean, it's the game that we have this week, but, you know, I mean, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is perennially a talented football team and and you know when when we've been able to come out on the other side of of, of this game with with victories um, it's propelled us you know forward and given us a chance to to go to postseason so it's probably no different this year I mean uh, they're, they're they're talented and they got a you know young quarterback in Plumlee who I think uh, you know Reminds you of Shea Patterson, and they've got skill all over the place, uh, you know, on offense, defense, you know, under Coach McIntyre, you know, when they're getting better, and, and you know, it's a formidable team. I mean, this team uh, put up some points versus Alabama, and our football team's got to be prepared to go to uh, Oxford and play, you know, its best ball game of the year. I know you don't want to be in shootouts. You're a defensive guy, but I, I think there could be a lot of points on the board this Saturday. Well, I, I I know you say that that that's not the outcome uh, I want, and that's not what I'm going to put out there. <laughs> I, 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 I'll let you throw that out there for me. You know, I'm 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 looking to try to you know slow that thing down. You know, as best we can. But uh, you know, with with that being said, man, you do have teams that can score. Uh, you know, I mean, the defenses are going to have to uh, you know I mean, get some stops. Uh, third downs, red zone football is going to be critical, and how special teams performs uh, hopefully will carry the day because we've we've got a pretty good idea of what these offenses may be able to do. Now that's you know college football, um, it's 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 tricky, it's 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 funny, it's difficult um, from an offensive standpoint because you know everything is geared for teams to score points, and we know that you should get off yeah. the bus scoring 17 points that's the way everything with the rules and everything else right but you know for you being a defensive guy mm-hmm. um that has to be disappointing what your defense hasn't been able to do is there one thing you can point to specifically um that your team your defense needs to get better at because you have the weapons on offense to score with a lot of teams in the country yeah. but you know if you can't stop anyone then right. it makes it very difficult because it puts pressure on offense each and every drive. Right, right. Well, Derek, I, I was listening just before you know when I came on, and I think mm-hmm. you were right. Yeah, you know there 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 is there is you know maybe some type of angst about how how we play defensively. I thought last week going into that game, I thought we did a better job. Uh, you know, going into it, I thought the game plan was good. Uh, you know, we 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 held them for the first five drives. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that's what you want to see from a defense. I think what has to happen though, uh, for 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 us is the consistency 
by which we play. Now, granted, man, we've had some injuries in the secondary, um, and we try to get a little better up front, a little more dynamic on third down with what we do, um, and in terms of substitution. But in some of these games, man, you can't substitute. So for us, we we've got to be a little more steadfast in situational ball. Situational football defines defense. Just just like it does offense. What what are you on third down? What are you in the red zone? Okay, I mean, and on first and second down, are you able to get teams off schedule and behind the chains? And when you do, can you capitalize? That's what this this young group's got to continue every week to tighten down. Okay, so the that that the the focus and attention to detail in terms of what you're seeing and 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 what we have to do to execute has to be better. And I think that's where the growth, uh, you know, man, has to go over the next couple of weeks. And we get a chance to test it, uh, you know, on the road uh, at Oxford. Also, if you can get a lead, I mean, that's, I don't want to say that's when you pile up defensive stats, but that gives you the chance to get after the quarterback a little bit, no matter how mobile he is. Correct. I mean, uh, you you always want to play with the lead. I thought last week that's what you saw again, you know, man. I can only reference that. We got off, we, we got off to a great start. Uh, you know, with the idea of scoring first, then then we were able to get, you know, men off the field and found ourselves not giving away points when they got to the red zone. The score at halftime was 14-0. That, that, I mean, it should have been probably 28-0. Instead, it's 14. And, you know, I mean, if it's 28, you're applying more pressure. It's 14, and now, you know, you, we're, we're, we needed to start fast, and we didn't. So I look at those things. Those are the things that I talk about. Those are the things that we have to grind on. But the the consistency by which we've been able to start offensively is what we have to continue to do now. Man, we just got to keep adding, you know, man, to that sum total so that so that we can play with the lead and that this defense, you know, like continues to get confidence in what they do by attacking, uh, you know, man, the offense that we're playing against. Now you've your season thus far when you're going against quarterbacks, it's been just about everywhere. You've played a pocket passer, you've played a guy that can run. Right. I mean, you've seen just about every quarterback that you can possibly see what is it that makes Corral such a a a difficult person um um, to play against he has four touchdowns right now only one interception he's being efficient with the football but he also can move around yeah I mean Corral Corral's a talented quarterback I mean he's he's much like the quarterbacks that they've had you know like before Mm -hmm. before him I mean you you look I mean that RPO offense and 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 granted it's different than a rich rod rich rod you know man wants to run the football I mean he he, he's much like you know man coach Malzahn and the idea that it's 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 run it's run oriented and they're going to take shots just because man they're able to get into individual one-on-one matchups so you know corral's been efficient but the one thing i saw with Plumley last week uh as as he got the start versus alabama mm-hmm. okay no fear I, I i saw no fear i saw him you know even late in that ball game you know you know drop some dimes versus alabama and so that's why i believe you know I mean, he's going to be the guy and until i see different that's what i believe because i i I saw him change the dynamic, you know, like with what he can do with his legs. Now, granted, many many probably doesn't throw the football as well as Corral, but he's got a good enough arm. And and when you got a guy that can keep plays alive and keep defenses, you know, uh, you know, off balance by what he does, uh, it changes the game. Now, do, is it difficult for you um, as a as a team to have to um, um, prepare? For two quarterbacks, I know you said, hey, "Listen, we're we have this one quarterback in mind, and we're going to prepare for him." But they also have another quarterback that can come in and get the job done too. Is it tough trying to prepare for two quarterbacks um, in 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 just a week span? 
you know what? I, I, I think what you do, it's still the same offense. Uh-huh. It's not like they changed their plays. So, so yeah, like the preparation for the quarterback, you, you, you have to prepare for the quarterback that you feel like in your mind mm-hmm. can be the most dangerous. You know, man, in terms of, uh, of of corralling that quarterback or keeping that quarterback contained or whatever plan that you may have for him, you you got to you got to set the plan up. Uh, you mean based on you know, man, which guy is going to give you the biggest amount of fits? Now, with that being <laughs> now with that being the case, uh, this offense hasn't changed. It's the same for both of these guys. I think. I think one has more experience and can play from the pocket better. The other one has a chance to 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 you know extend plays, and and that hasn't been good for our team. When you look at when 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 we've been hurt, it's been it's been really on extended plays where where you know I mean, quarterbacks have had a little more time. They've been able to move around the pocket, and balls have come out you know like as coverage is broken down. So like to me, that's that's what I work off of. That's what I've talked to Coach Tarver about. But at the end of the day, you know I mean he's in there formulating the game plans. I just tell him what I see. Well, Coach, on your offense, uh, two heads of your three-headed monster are, are, are having years with Keyshawn Vaughn and Kalijah Lipscomb. What do you need to do uh, to incorporate uh, the big tight end, Jared Pinckney, more in your offense? Because, uh, I mean, this is a guy who's, who's got playmaking ability at that position. He's a matchup problem, uh, man. But that, that's, that's on us. Uh, you know, we, he's, not a, he's not a speed and space guy. I mean, I, you, you leave that to the, 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 the small skill guys, man. You let those guys do what they do. Um, our, our plan will be, you know, man, fully invested in, you know, man, getting Jared Pinckney, you know, man, involved in what we do. And, and believe me, it's not hard. I mean, it's not like I'm telling you something where, you know, Ole Miss is going to hear it. I mean, they, they hear it. I mean, we came into the season with the big three, so that's really not changing. We need to get him involved because that's what sets up. When you can work the middle of the field, that's what sets up, you know, man, the ability for you to be balanced on offense and to get everybody else involved. They can't take away everybody. Uh, you know, we sort of shut ourselves down, you know, like with, 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 with not being able to get him, you know, his touches in the right spots. And it's about where he's touching the ball. Not not if he's touching the ball, where he's touching the ball. He's got to touch it between the hashes, and, 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 and that's just part of the game plan. That's part of what we'll do, and, you know, it, it'll it'll be fun to watch. we got a game to play on Saturday, so let's ride. All right, well, Coach, I want to ask you about one more young man, and, and that's because he's one I know pretty well, and, and I'm excited to see him playing this year. How is Grant Miller uh, doing at center? I know Derek Mason, you probably knew him from when he was a, a uh-huh. little guy running around the locker room. Uh, he's a big guy now, and he's starting. he's been starting at center. How's he faring for you? You know, I man, he's faring well. You know, he's learning. I mean, this is the SEC. I uh, mean, he's had to, you know, Grant's had to, you know, step into to, to the shoes of, of, of a pretty good player that we had a year ago. And now what he's doing is, is, is starting to, you know, create his own legacy. I think, you know, I mean, for him, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's been a little while, uh, or, or for him, what he would say is a long time coming, man, but Grant's, big he's physical he came to college at you know 255 pounds and now you know man he, he's 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 305 so when you look at him uh the the athleticism he's got his dad's traits now when you talk about you know athleticism mean streak uh uh you know man, ability to play the game he continues to get better every week man because as a center man you got to identify a lot of things run and pass and so uh you know as this season goes along grant's going to be one of those guys that people are going to be talking about late in the season and you know his career is going to be a great one here at vanderbilt well we really appreciate your time we know this is a big game like you talked about this this is one of those key games to the postseason so we all want to see uh, the vanderbilt commodores uh, do well this saturday thanks for your time coach hey thank you all take care anchor down yep all right yeah, I, I didn't say this to Coach, um, but when Grant came here his fr- summer of his freshman year, 
Uh, he was 6'4", 255 pounds. Uh-huh. And, you know, in the summer, you kind of work out in the week, and then the weekends are yours. He would kind of come stay down at my house uh-huh. on the weekends. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, they want me to be 300 pounds. I was shoving food down his throat. <laughs> and uh, and he, my wife would wake him up. Uh-huh. She's like, you're sleeping too long. Uh-huh. You've got to wake up. You're burning too many calories. Oh, my goodness. And he is huge now. He's huge. I mean, like I said, Grant Miller is the son of former Titans tackle Fred Miller. Uh-huh. Um, he's the oldest of, of two boys, and if, you know Fred is one of the largest men I've ever yeah, laid Fred's eyes huge. in my entire life. I just life. saw Fred two weeks ago when they did the Steve and Eddie. No, he came uh, to town for that. Yeah, he was in okay. town. I saw him um, briefly um, um, and got a chance to talk with him. Uh, yeah, Fred's huge. And, he's a massive guy. And so Grant, and here's the other thing: Grant is six four and three oh five and lean. He, mm. There's not a lot of fat on his body. He is. He's very conscious of that, and he's just huge, and it's going to be very interesting to see. Coach Mason touched down at how he feels like it's been a long time uh-huh. coming. He's a redshirt sophomore, Wow! and he's starting the SEC. These kids don't realize that that's, that's doing really, really well. But they've got Ole Miss this weekend, um, so we look forward uh, to that coming up. I'm going too long, so I apologize, Marquise. Uh, this is Corey no, Curtis. No, no, that's all good, man. That's <laughs> what we do here, man. We, we, we manage, man. It's all good, Corey. Sitting in with uh, <laughs> our Derek Mason on ESPN's 102.5 The Game. This is the morning drive. Roman Yossi, the captain of the Nashville Predators. They take on the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night in the season opener. Um, That could be the first place team in the Central Division Mm -hmm. and the last place team in the Central Division. (laughs) Really shocking to see them blow out uh, the GM in such short order. I mean, bam! Like one year and out. Yeah, I mean, some not, teams don't wait around. Yeah. Some teams just like to, you know, it, it was if really, it's not working, then we want to move on. I think Craig Leopold talked about um, a lack of communication, and I was just like, he was your guy. I don't know. Well, would you, okay. He was your guy. I sound like a, would you rather? Would you rather? No. <laughs> Josh, I'm sorry. No, but yeah, seriously, would you rather, you know, if it's not working, get him out of there quickly than yeah. to hold no, on right. a little bit too and, long. And, and see if he can change exactly. or, or whatever. No, you're, you're exactly right. So it looks like a long year in Minnesota, which yeah. I know is not what Ryan Suter and uh, Zach Parise had in mind when they when they teamed up to go up there. It hasn't quite worked out like they hoped it would. And in Nashville, I know uh, I know hopes hopes are high, um, but they've got to regain that edge. They've got to they've got to be. That team, I don't want to say the overachieving team anymore because mm-hmm. they've got talent, but they've got to play with that urgency and edge that was just frankly missing uh, last season. Yeah. I mean, especially in the playoffs. That was terrible. I, um, you know, I listened to Jared and Jim yesterday, and then I saw Jared's tweet. And, you know, people, y'all got to understand, it's his opinion, okay? <laughs> and it's his opinion. It's not like it's fact or it's going to And it happen. was kind of along the lines of your Titans' opinion where they exactly. could go 6 and 10 or 10 and 6. He's Absolutely. Ba- he's, sa- he's basically saying the Preds could go big and maybe it could all fall apart. And, Absolutely. And, and I understand what he's saying because there's, there's only a couple of new players with the Preds, uh-huh. but there are a lot of new hands in the kitchen. Exactly. And that can go poorly sometimes. Yeah, and it's just trying to figure out what works best for this Pred team. And if I'm looking at the trend, and you could say whatever you want to say, but if I'm looking at the trend of this team, I know it's a little bit different. This team is different from what they were last year and the year before that. But two years, what was it, two, three years ago, they went to the Stanley Cup final. The year after that, they, they won got, the presidents. They, yeah, they won the presidents got eliminated in the second round. Last year, they get put out in the first round. 
Trends tell me that if they don't play well, if they don't do the thing, if the power play doesn't get better, yeah. if they don't do the things they are supposed to do that we believe they can do, Jared is absolutely right. Yeah. They can miss the playoffs, okay? It's not this foregone conclusion that just because they're the Predators, they're going to make the playoffs. The trend has been set. Yeah. And if they don't get things corrected, which I think they will, but if they don't, it's not an asinine comment for a guy to say it's his opinion now. For a guy to say, hey, listen, this team, can, they can either win the, win the whole thing or they cannot make the playoffs. It doesn't take a rocket to- rocket scientist to figure that out. And anybody that says that's idiotic, then there's something wrong with you. Because yeah. it can happen both ways. Because they didn't look like a playoff team against Dallas. Absolutely. And we're not saying they are not a good team. No, they've got a lot of great pieces. A lot of great but, pieces. But, you know, it's it's how you play. Exactly. And, and they've got to. When do you get injured? Yeah. You know, they got injured early on in the season. They were able to pick it up. It's a war of attrition. And if you stay healthy longer, then your shot at making the playoffs increase, especially with the team that the, that the yeah. Preds have. But if you don't stay healthy, if you don't correct the things that, that we thought you that were bad last year, i.e. the power play, if Duchesne doesn't get you know going the way you thought. Listen, Torres had problems, you know, yeah. getting himself acclimated last year. It's not it's – not, out of the realm to think, you know, Matt Duchesne might, you know, it might take him a while to get going with this group. And if it does, then okay. It's it's it's, it's sports. It takes a guy a while to get acclimated to new surroundings. Mm-hmm. And they only had, what, five or six preseason games, and I know that. Practice. I mean, the season's like nine months long, exactly. so he does have some time. Absolutely, he's going to have <laughs> some time. So, But it's not, it's not out, of the, out of the realm to say, hey, listen, man, this team's good enough. They can win a President's Trophy again, and they can find themselves in the Stanley Cup Finals, and they can win. Yeah. Or, if we're looking at the trend, they can find themselves not in the playoffs. Yeah. It's sport. If, if they don't fix the power play, because it was the worst in the league last year, um, and, and you've got to be able to score there. But, you know, and, and you've got reason to think that they're going to be better. But, again... There was no, Look, before last season started, if I was going to tell you Dallas was going to beat the Preds in round mm-hmm. one and do it convincingly, you would have said, what happened? Yeah. What the heck happened? And so, you know, there is a trend there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of belief that that trend can be reversed. Exactly. But they've got to prove it. they got yeah, to prove it. You, right. You've got – I mean, it's like the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody loved the Browns coming into the season. And guess what? They came out in the opening game and they looked like – trash the cleveland browns <laughs> they were who we thought they, they were as delaney walker said yeah, yeah and so so you know and that's the that's the great thing about when the season starts because like you know i'm a worrier mm-hmm. so when i look like at the titans schedule to start the season i'm like they can lose all 16 of those games mm-hmm. i'm not saying they're going 0 and 16 yeah. but i'm like they could play well and lose every single one of these games they're not the patriots playing the jets and the dolphins four mm-hmm. times no you're right I mean, I'm like going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then you find out, you know, okay, they play. And that's why I always say, I can't make a prediction really on the season because I don't know who people are going to be when you play them. Mm-hmm. You know, the Titans got the Falcons at the right time. Exactly. The Falcons, I, the Falcons could be a play, Look, when December gets here, the Falcons could still be a team that nobody wants to play mm-hmm. because they've got that kind of talent on that roster. Exactly. Now, can they get it fixed? And that's the same type of question we're talking about the Nashville Predators mm-hmm. after last season. 
And and we've seen some good signs in the preseason so yeah. far. I got us off on a tangent there because no, of, no, of the captain. It's, it's, it, it is what it is. And, and, you know, obviously they have a game tomorrow, season opener. Yep. And, you know. I'm here on 1025 the yes, game. Yes, you're here. And, and, and we're going to talk about the Preds. Uh, but we're also going to be honest in, 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 in what we see. And I don't need to be an expert to to look at a team and say, this is what I see. Now, I could be right. I could be wrong. But this is what I see. Well, what I saw last year is that this team only converted on 12-point-something percent yeah. of their power play, the worst since 2005, 2006. I mean, that that needs to get better. Will yeah. it get better? I think it will. Yeah, I think. But look, it needs to. I think Matt Duchesne's speed is going to be enormous for this team, and mm-hmm. I, and I and I think they're going to be pretty darn good this year. Yeah. I, I will I will go ahead and say if I had to push my chips on the table, I would push it that way too. I would say they're they're going to be pretty darn good. Uh, where would you push your chips on Vanderbilt? Because <laughs> because we just we just got done talking with Derek mm-hmm. Mason. I I think it's going to be a high scoring game. And, and again, the question is: You were talking about that Vanderbilt defense. Can they slow down Ole Miss enough for Keyshawn Vaughn to go for 230 yards and four touchdowns and win the game? Well, he looked good last weekend. I mean, frankly, he's looked good all season. Frankly, uh, he should be playing on Sundays, yeah. Derek. He shouldn't oh, yeah, be he at would, Vanderbilt. Yeah. He should be playing on Sundays. Well, he decided he wanted to come back, <laughs> and and it was good for the program. That it was he came awesome back. for the yeah. program. Um, and do. I think Vandy wins the game. Um, Whoa! But, but, here's Boom. the big but. But that Jerry defense. He's got a big but for us. That defense has to play better. Yeah. I mean, they can't. Because, you, I mean, you you know, Corey. I mean, you've seen enough sports and enough college football and, and, and pro football that eventually you put too much stress on the offense mm-hmm. to score points. It Every series is like. You know, everyone's tight. It's like we gotta score, we gotta score because our defense is not stopping anyone. And you don't, an offense don't want to walk on the field feeling we gotta score in order to win this game. Now, every offense want to score, but you gotta believe in your defense that it's gonna go out there and at least get one or two stops where you can at least build a lead and then go from there. And frankly, right now, Vandy's defense um, has been sort of that Achilles heel for them. They haven't been, other than last week, and Derek, and Coach Mason was right, through two or three quarters, they were able to shut down NIU. But yet and still, you know, if you can't go into this Ole Miss game and you can't stop that offense, and they're not. Ole Miss, I think, is averaging below 30 points a game um, offensively. So if that is indeed the case, then you should be able to go in as a defensive team and slow that offense down enough that your offense is able to generate a lead. All right, well, Derek Mason likes Vanderbilt straight up. I like Vanderbilt with the points. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a close football game. Uh, when we return on the morning drive, Eric Beckerack from the Tennessean will be here to talk Tennessee Titans football. They've got the Buffalo Bills. The Titans are a three-point favorite to get to 3-2. and two. They are 0-2 oh as a favorite this season. We'll talk about that on the other side of 8 o'clock. This is Corey Curtis sitting in with Derek Mason on ESPN's 1025 The, the Game. This is the morning drive.